0: Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey there, and welcome to Tech Stuff. I'm your host, Jonathan Strickland. I'm an executive producer with HowStuffWorks and iHeartRadio, and I love all things tech. And today, it's time for another classic episode. This episode originally aired on April 18th, 2012, and it's called Tech Stuff Counts Some Number Stations. This was one of those fun, creepy topics that Chris and I tackled in the early days of tech stuff. One that uh, I found absolutely fascinating and more than a little unnerving. I hope you guys enjoy. So, the topic we're covering is uh, numbers stations, which actually comes to us courtesy of some feedback we received on Facebook, which uh, uh, unfortunately, due to my computer being silly right now, I cannot pull up. However, this is Facebook Feedback uh, asking us to cover number stations. And you may wonder, oh my Drew Geese, what a number stations is. Things being so scory and people being quick to forget. That's, that's like a double reference right there since I threw in some Clockwork Orange. So, here's what a number station is. It is a radio station using shortwave radio that blasts out a uh, a transmission, usually uh, at a very regular interval, uh, that normally has some sort of mm, tone or even music to it, followed by a series of numbers spoken in sort of a a semi-monotone voice, sometimes an automated voice. In fact, very often an automated voice. And it's just a seemingly random string of numbers that have no particular... Context or meaning to them, and it has uh, created quite a, a kind of a well, a hobbyist dream come true, really, for people who like mysteries. Because there's no official explanation as to what these stations are and why why these numbers are being broadcast.
1: Here's what we know. No, I'm kidding.
0: Now let's go to what we can speculate <laughs> on.
1: Um, we do know that official governments have. There, there's no official government that has spoken up and said, "Oh yeah, we did that."
0: Yeah, the closest was a, a Czechoslovakian official who acknowledged receipt of a message about number stations, but did not. It did not go so far as to actually say what the number station was, what it was for. It essentially was just that I got your message. That was pretty much it.
1: The check is in the mail.
0: There you go. But oh gosh, I can't believe you were waiting the entire time for me to shut up so you can use that. <laughs>
1: uh, however, uh, there are fewer now than there were during
0: the Cold War. Yeah, and they they started the height of the. World they started War. appearing during the World Wars, so. World Indeed. War 1 even. Yeah, not so. not you know this is the
1: early part of the 20th century or earlier part of the 20th century.
0: Yeah. First first couple of decades of the 20th century that's when they start popping up. So let's talk a little bit about about why a number station is even possible before we get into what they were and what they sound like and all that kind of stuff. So first they are shortwave radio which
1: we have talked about on a previous podcast yeah, many gonna, many years ago.
0: Yeah, we'll do a quick uh, we'll do a quick Refresher course. Mm-hmm. So technically, a short wave is a uh, is a radio wave with a wavelength shorter than two hundred meters.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, two hundred meters uh, wavelength would have a frequency of around fifteen hundred kilohertz. Uh, and it's typically these these radio waves are used to broadcast voice and music, but also for long distance communication. The reason that you can have long distance communication is that these wavelengths are at sort of a sweet spot. When it comes to the way the Earth works. Mm-hmm. So the Earth has the ionosphere right. you know, that surrounds it, binds it, and penetrates it. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's the force. No, ionosphere just surrounds the Earth. And uh, if you were to aim a shortwave radio frequency at the ionosphere, uh, the ionosphere would refract that frequency and it would beam back down to Earth. So by bouncing it effectively off the ionosphere, you can send a radio signal much further than you could if it were to just broadcast out and radiate out from a tower. Yes. So, with this in mind, with this long distance communication ability uh it has opened up opportunities for lots of different applications uh and you, you know you'll hear about amateur radio enthusiasts who will just they'll they'll use their their radios to dial in and and listen to the various broadcasts that go out there. And that's really how number stations were discovered. It was, it was mainly hobbyists who, as they were scanning the different bands and listening to what was out there, they were coming across these very odd sort of uh, transmissions. And um, before I get too far, I should say the, the whole refraction by the ionosphere, there's a specific name for that kind of transmission that mm-hmm. I love. I love this term. Skywave propagation. Nice, it's a cool term, right? Yeah, so yeah, you've got these hobbyists who are listening in and they they would come across uh, a very unusual and frankly, pretty creepy kind of transmission in some cases and uh, I think we even have an example that we can listen to, so let's let's take a quick listen to what a typical number station might sound like uh, if you were to tune in on a shortwave radio <laughs>
1: Nine, seven, one, five, three,
0: Kinda gets you right nine, here, doesn't it? Seven, one,
1: <laughs> if, if by the, uh, by right here you mean now I'm looking over my shoulder and waiting for someone to break into the room?
0: Yeah, I, that's pretty much what I'm thinking. There is something particularly creepy about hearing kind of a... Uh, and almost, and almost like a harmonic. You know, it sounds like there's been some harmonics applied in some cases, like it's an automated voice or whatever. But hearing something like that monotone just delivering number after number, and then the really repetitious music that was used to introduce these. So, what could these be? And there have been a lot of people who have suggested what number stations might be all about. Um, you know, the, everything from it could just be. Uh, stuff for people who are surveying areas for uh, for cartography and uh, uh, that kind of thing, but but that, it doesn't
1: seem likely if no, no one is taking credit for it. Not at all. So that oh yeah, has, that's our uh, cartography channel.
0: That has led to uh, to some not so much conspiracy theories. It really does boil down to well, if you're just broadcasting numbers with no other context, what could you possibly be doing that for? And one of the explanations is that it's a uh, a way to communicate to spies, to undercover operatives who might be uh, uh, invested in some foreign country, perhaps one that is unfriendly to the uh, the the country of origin, and um, so there. And when we say there's number stations, there are number stations all over the world.
1: Yep, and they're broadcasting pretty much. All the languages that you might expect they would be
0: in right, know, so, the
1: major languages of the world
0: so it's not just that you know it's not just one country that's doing this there are, there's multiple countries that are doing it and uh, so the the speculation is that th- this is these are messages that are sent to government spies uh, and these you know the governments aren't admitting to it for for pretty uh, understandable reasons I would say
1: well if you or any of your team is captured the government will disavow any knowledge of this operation
0: <laughs> this message will self destruct in 15 seconds don't count us out yet we still have a bit more to say about counting stations but first let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor the uh, so these messages the numbers <clears throat> those that's a code it's an it's encoded message it, uh, yeah form of cryptography that is called the uh, the the one pad note
1: yeah or or one time
0: pad yeah um, yeah
1: i 'm interested in cryptography uh, and have been reading about it for many years and this is not uh, exactly a, a new thing it doesn 't even require uh, the use of a computer i mean we talked about uh, cryptography on many podcasts yep. at, at different levels. Um, And we even got into quantum cryptography, which is uh, supposedly unbreakable, although I've seen reports recently that it may not necessarily be unbreakable.
0: Well, Uh, one-time pads are technically unbreakable if you follow
1: the right procedure. Right, because basically – and they, they were called pads because at one time they were and probably still are a pad. So this pad is generated like a pad of paper. You uh, write down your message and encode it on this paper using the the tool, um, and it's a one time thing. There's a they, part of the key is embedded in the message, so that tells the recipient use page. Well, let's just go for a reference here. Use page 16 of your pad. Yeah. And that way, uh, you know, you write down the message in the pad that you can decode it on that page and then, and that then becomes
0: useless. Yeah. You can't use it again. Yeah, you you then destroy that pa- page. So here's so, here's, how, one here's time. how here's how it works. <clears throat> let's say that I want to send a message to Chris. And I want to use this this one-time pad method. Mm-hmm. All right? So we would each have a pad that would have a string of random letters across each line. Yeah. All right? And let's say we group them in in groups of five, because that's pretty common. That's pretty common. Groups of four or five. So we'll say we have groups of five letters, and these letters are truly random in that uh, we've had some sort of, well, as close to truly random as we can get. We've had some sort of random number generator that has picked random letters, and it's just that we each have a copy of that output. So Chris's uh, string of random letters is the same as my string of ra- random letters. And then I write down my message in normal text and I write my normal letters above the letters of the, uh, that's, that's in the key. Then I convert my letters into numbers. So let's say that an A equals zero and a B equals one and mm-hmm. a C equals three. It's or two, gonna, rather. It's seasons, not going to take
1: them very long to to pick this one apart.
0: No, it's going to take them a long time because here's the here's the that that's just that all that is is just uh is just a simple substitution cipher, right? Right. But here's the tricky part. So then I take my key, all right, and I convert all of those letters to numbers. That's when it gets harder. And then I add the two numbers together. Mm-hmm. All right? So I add, the, I add the number from my first letter. So let's say that my first letter is H because I, I write, hey there, Chris. I take the number from hey H. Hey there? Yeah. Really? Yeah, why not? All yeah. right. You know, hey there, Chris, there's a Rusky on your tail. That's that's my message. So H is <laughs> – because I'm going back to the Cold War. Okay. So, so H, we would convert H to a number, and then we'd look at the first letter in the key. Let's say that the first letter in the key is an M. Well, that M is going to have its own number value. We add the H and the M values together, and then we convert that into a new letter. So if it's anything up to – if we if A is zero, if it's anything up to 25, then that's the – letter that we would pick. Mm -hmm. If it's over 25, then we just use number 26 counts as zero again. Mm -hmm. So the number 26 would be an A, 27 would be a B, 28 would be a C. So we go up there and we we put in whatever the substituted letter will be. Well- The only way to know what the original letter is is if you have that one-time pad in front of you, Mm -hmm. where you take the value of the letter that is – the the represented letter, the ciphered letter. You subtract the value of the key from the ciphered letter, and that gives you the value of the original letter. And then you can convert that into the original letter. So the the process of coding and and decoding is pretty – uh, painstaking mm-hmm. because you know you have to you have to uh, convert all the letters to values add and then make new letters but the nice thing is is that because as long as you keep that that string of letters that acts as your key truly random and that you don't repeat letters so that you don't or you don't repeat strings like you don't go to the end of a page and then start at the top again as long as you avoid that it is impossible to crack that Mm-hmm. without without getting possession of one of those pads right so that's where we talk about if you follow this correctly it is unbreakable the correctly right. by correctly we mean you you have truly random string for your key you do not repeat the key and you do not let the key fall into the wrong hands and as long as that happens it is unbreakable right so it's kind of like when we talked about the uh the 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 Various ways of ciphering, you know, there always seems to be some way to to crack the code. In this case, unless you have physical possession of the pad or if someone uses a key that repeats. Uh, it's just not practical. So that's, that's the basis for the secret messages. Um, what those secret messages are, we can't say because, again, unless someone gets hold of one of those pads – then it is, it's just meaningless numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could convert those to letters, but all that's going to do is give you the product of those, those two, like the original message and the key. Without having the key, you can't figure out what the original message is. We've got a little bit more to count on, but before we get there, we're going to take another quick break to thank our sponsor.
1: Now um, it is likely too that the uh, uh, well we talked about that in the uh, Enigma machine. Yes, uh, how the uh, the German codes during World War II were broken down into those um, five letter combinations. Yeah, um, a- as an added layer of security, these uh, these combinations stand in for other words too. So it is possible that uh, you know it, even if you did break the code, you would also have to have the book that explains what these these letter combinations mean.
0: Yeah, but um, so I still would never... <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. If, yeah. you, if you,
1: for some reason, if you
0: managed to... If you got to, hold of the pad or, right. or, or if they used a repeating key, because if they use a repeating key, then... It would take a lot of anal- uh, you'd have to analyze the heck out of the message, but you could potentially start detecting patterns.
1: Well, that's what broke the
0: Enigma. Code. Yeah, exactly, because they were they got they, they got, got a little lazy and they started using repeating keys as opposed to using a key that just doesn't repeat, which would have been impossible to crack.
1: So it's just an, uh, an added layer of uh, security that's that just makes it much more difficult. So they they do these repetitions over and over again, um, and it's. Uh, the thing is the the tone and the uh style of the broadcasts is really, really creepy, especially when you add that spy layer uh in your head yeah. to it, you start going, This message is not intended for me and, and somebody could be doing something. You know, I could be listening well, this is what I think. You know, I'm you know, listening to it going, I could be listening to a message that tells somebody to kill somebody else.
0: Right yeah this could be a message or, saying to like and then think about this you hear those messages and then maybe a week later you hear about some massive political event that takes place in a country and you think sure. is there any connection to what i heard and what just happened yeah. is what i heard was that was that a a, a, a a essentially a prediction for what actually unfolded right and yeah it's it's kind of i mean it, it is definitely creepy and um there are a lot of really cool names for these various broadcasts, some of which are named after the um, the music that they use. Yeah. And again, um, in some
1: cases, you could kind of, uh, some of them, the stations sort of semi-identify themselves, and others, I think, are, are given, sort of like uh, stars, you know, or uh, viruses, they're given the names of their, the discoverers want to name them.
0: Yeah. So there's, um, there's one of the famous ones is the Lincolnshire Poacher. Yeah. Which uh, was, was featured not too long ago, as of the recording of this podcast, on another podcast called The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Mm-hmm. They have a little feature where it's called uh, Who's That Noisy? <laughs> and they which which is named after one of the one of the hosts has a daughter who would say who's that noisy as in what's making that noise right uh, so anyway who's that noisy is the name of the the segment where they'll play a sound file and it's the listeners job to try and figure out what that sound file is and they played the little musical prelude that would happen before the numbers broadcast on the number station, Lincolnshire Poacher. do 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 and it's really creepy
1: when you hear it over and over again.
0: And anyway, that particular broadcast has been linked to Cyprus to the Royal Air Force Base on Cyprus and is believed, though there's no proof because there's no one actually coming out and saying this is true, that it was operated by the British Secret Intelligence Service out of Cyprus. Now, that particular station is no longer active. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: I think it stopped broadcasting in either 2008 or 2009. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh,
0: But there are a few others that also were uh, pretty famous, uh, Cherry Ripe. There's the song Cherry Ripe, another Mm -hmm. British folk song, uh, which was stationed somewhere in Australia, or Mm -hmm. Australia, if you prefer. Uh, There's Swedish Rhapsody, which is possibly the creepiest thing I have ever heard in my life. Yeah. (laughs) Which is, there's a glockenspiel that's playing, and the voice is clearly that of a female child Mm -hmm. reading out numbers in German. Yes. And you just hear this glockenspiel play and then this little girl reading out numbers in German. And it is – you can't help but feel a deep sense of foreboding. Uh, But then there's also uh, other ones called like uh, The Mad Violinist (laughs) and uh, The Bored Man because apparently it's just four, two, (laughs) seven, eight. (laughs) (laughs) That, that's kind of how I would be like a, like day 1 I'd be all creepy and day 2 I'd be you know less creepy and day 3 I'd just be like <sighs> 3 6 what am I going to have for dinner tonight 4 <laughs> I've got to pick up the dry cleaning too. <laughs>
1: Read the message. You're not getting anything for dinner. <laughs> um, yeah, there are, there are a number of places, ha, huh, odd number, um, where you can, if you don't happen to have a shortwave radio, where you can pick up on these. Um, the Internet Archive, uh, of course, uh, which collects all sorts of strange and esoteric things. Um, there are many, many recordings that you can listen to on there. Yep, and uh, actually, the first uh, place that I encountered these was in an article in Wired magazine, which mm-hmm. I went back and revisited um, for for this. And they were uh, categorizing uh, this Russian station UVB seventy six, which had been broadcasting essentially the same thing for many many years until one day it stopped, and then started again, and then stopped again, and then you could hear so it sounded like somebody in the room with the microphone uh, you know just you know too creepy you know Stop. shuffling stuff and banging around and then it started broadcasting something else and, and they changed the, the uh, call numbers of the station uh, to something entirely different it makes
0: you wonder if the guy was just asking for toilet paper and it finally <laughs> arrived and he's like now blue jeans yeah. I need blue jeans
1: well you can you can still listen to this at uh, uvb-76.net and you can go and, and visit that uh, website, and they will tell you, the enthusiasts who keep track of these things uh, will, will uh, share information about the station and, and what it changed to. But uh, very, very weird stuff.
0: What I think is funny is that a lot of the people who are following numbers stations, who really have a passion for listening to them and finding them on, on shortwave radio, yeah. they don't want to have the mystery solved. Because no. it would mean their hobby would be over. Well, I mean, it, it even... Um,
1: information about this, th- this is kind of something that has operated for so many years, uh, if you will pardon the radio pun, under the radar. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not something that the general public knew anything about up until the last handful of years, which is kind of ironic, considering it was going on through the Cold War, and before that, and and, and now, after most of it has stopped. <laughs> Anyhow... Uh, it even made an appearance in an episode of Lost, I yeah. understand. I yeah. I never was really much of a fan of the show, but, uh, I think it's cool that they, uh, put that into the, the show's, um, storyline, that there was a number station involved with, uh, with the plot line. Um, and of course that was about codes and code breaking and creepiness and all sorts of stuff. So it ri- fit right in. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's fascinating, but the people who watched Lost you know, wanted the, the mystery to unravel uh, over time. They didn't want it solved immediately. And uh, I think for, for the people who follow they, these number stations, uh, it's the same kind of thing. They don't – I mean you kind of want to know. But then uh, – I don't know if you've ever read a book where you didn't want the story to end and you just stopped reading because you just enjoyed the fact that it was still going on and you didn't really want to know quite what was going on. Although you knew it had an end and Mm -hmm. somebody was behind it. I don't want to know. So uh, I've done that many times or or, or slowed very, very slow uh, way down, you know, Um, because you don't want to find out because then, you know, your fun ends. So um, I don't know. Very
0: interesting stuff. What yeah, you,
1: Jonathan's been researching something as we're talking, I, and, and he's got this mysterious look on his face.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, no, creepy. Okay. <laughs> That's all, all I'm right. saying is creepy. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, these are these are definitely one of those things that that uh, I, I hope stick around just for the sake of. Perpetuating this kind of air of mystery. Because you think about it, you're like, okay, first of all, let me get this clear our world is amazing, and the universe is astounding. But even so, there are days where you feel like you're living in a pretty mundane kind of existence. Right. And then you find out about number stations. <laughs> and you're like, there's a whole level operating just under the surface that I've always suspected but never really proven. And now I know there's something to it. Then you're like, hey, our world is amazing again. Uh, by the way, our world is amazing whether there's number stations or not. It's just that occasionally we have to be reminded of it. Puppies. Boom-de-yada. <laughs> right, so um, – <laughs> Shout out to the parent company, uh, guys. That kind of wraps up our discussion on number stations. I wish we could tell you more, but frankly, there's just nothing official. We can't, you know, we, we can speculate all we like, but we can't really uh, uh, say for sure. Now, I think I think it's fairly safe to say that if these are encoded messages, which I can't imagine them being anything else. I think it's improbable that they're not. Yeah. It, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to come up with a set of circumstances where just a string of numbers isn't meaningful in any other way. That if they are encoded messages, that this is some form of espionage. I mean, at least some form of secret uh, communication. And it's one way. I mean, these are mm-hmm. broadcasts that are going out. It's not that we're... Receiving answers from from another one. It's also, I mean, they're they're regular. They're they're broadcast usually at regular intervals, like on the hour or on every quarter hour or whatever. So, you know, I think it's pretty safe to say these are some form of uh, of espionage communication. And that wraps up our episode about number stations. Boy, those things are super interesting and creepy. And if you ever really want to go down a rabbit hole, do a search for number stations. There are lots of recordings out there and they all are pretty unsettling. It's kind of like the stuff you would hear in a a Blumhouse horror movie. So make sure you go and check those out if you haven't before. Meanwhile, if you have any suggestions for future episodes of Tech Stuff, send me a message. The email address you can use is at techstuffathowstuffworks.com Or you can pop on over to our website, that's techstuffpodcast.com. That's going to have links to our social media, as well as our archived episodes, and of course, to our online store. And every purchase you make there goes to help the show. We greatly appreciate it. And I'll talk to you again really soon. For more
1: on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.